The views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. And good afternoon, everyone. It's John DePietro on this uh, chilly Monday. My goodness. Right now, it is 106 in the afternoon on this Monday, December 7th. Anniversary of folks, folks, of course, remember all the uh, brave patriots who lost their life. That vicious attack, Pearl Harbor. This portion of the John DePietro Show on this Monday that we uh, never forget and remember what happened. Folks, we must never forget what happened with Pearl Harbor. Is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop in and see Ron and Melissa. You know, how about a hot cup of coffee? How about a delicious hot calzone so it'll brighten you up on this cold Monday? Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, where they also, remember, at Ron's Pastry Gourmet, they also have delicious Trump chocolate donuts, Trump cupcakes, and then they have delicious sausage and pepper, hot calzones, delicious cakes, a great Christmas pastry, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Look for them on Facebook. So uh, big news on this Monday. I want to go through some of the headlines and get you up to speed. Now, first of all, the virus continues to rage. 33 million are locked down in California. How about a new Gallup poll? Mental health is at a new low. Folks, these, these lockdowns are terrible. These lockdowns are terrible for mental health. Some of the other headlines, Rudy Giuliani, President Trump's attorney, personal attorney, is infected with coronavirus. He's hospitalized, was traveling across the country maskless. One million new cases in the United States in only five days. Uh, Let's see, some second wave, much more dire, much more severe than the first. Fauci warns Christmas may top Thanksgiving. States scrambled to curb without national leadership. They're ripping us apart. Small business operators are furious. 55% of New York City firefighters will not take the vaccine. Now, I don't get that because I will take the vaccine. As soon as it's, I've even offered the Raimondo people, I'll be the first one to take the vaccine in Rhode Island if it would help them. 55% of New York City firefighters will not take vaccine. The good Lord's in control. Hundreds attend a North Carolina Christmas parade despite warnings. <laughs> Smartphone tool to track side effects of vaccine vulnerable to manipulation. So there's that. Now, <clears throat> closer to home, I'm going to talk about the voting in just a moment. I'm going to talk about the voting, folks, in uh, in just a moment. But right now, Rhode Island... Let's see. It's 109. Rhode Island is averaging the most daily cases per capita in the United States. I repeat, Rhode Island right now, I think Channel 12 has a piece on this. Rhode Island right now is averaging the most daily cases per capita in the United States. Why why is that? How is that? I don't understand how that's possible. I don't think they know how it's possible. Are people not keeping their Governor Mundo tracing notebook? I don't know what the answer is. I don't, other than it's highly contagious. All right, let's hear. This is a... ...of COVID-19 in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. We're looking into an alarming statistic reported here in Rhode Island how over the last week Rhode Island has led the nation in average daily cases per capita that's according to the CDC 12 news reporter Brandon Truitt joins us live in Providence he talked to the Department of Health for an update just a few minutes ago Brandon Gina, it is not good news, certainly something the state was looking to avoid overall. 12 News really been crunching the numbers, and we found that Rhode Island has the highest average of daily cases per capita over the last seven days. So let's lay it all out for you. All of this, according to the CDC, reporting the number of daily average cases in Rhode Island over the last seven days to be nearly 1,200. That's roughly 110 daily cases per 100,000 people. That is the most in the country. Rhode Island is currently 17. 
19th in the country for deaths in that same time frame and by that same measure. But again, context is important here. Johns Hopkins University reports that Rhode Island is doing much better on the testing front. This report, uh, they say, is that the state is uh, fifth in the nation on new tests per capita. Of course, 12 News has been bringing you reports on the state's goal of doubling its testing capacity by the end of this week. The health department says that more tests, of course, lead to a higher case count, but they look at other factors, too. We're doing a lot more testing than other states are. We're always number one in testing, so we are finding more cases. It's the hospitalization number that I follow very critically as well. We're number 20, which still isn't where I want to be. I think this underscores why we're in the pause. In other words, we saw this coming. By the way, McDonald's says that the state has yet to see that wave from the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Keep in mind, we're just a couple of weeks out from Christmas as well. By the way, on that same list of per capita, Massachusetts find, finds themselves 29th on the list. Life in Providence, Brandon Truett, 12 News. I mean, think about that. Again, repeating this, Rhode Island is, folks, number one in the nation. But I'm starting to question You know, a big part of this is because of the testing. It is because of the testing. And there were also, by the way, there are people that attested several times. I don't believe about this whole shutdown thing. I don't think that's the right way to attack it. I really don't. I don't see the benefit to it. Um, Despite all of this, you know, the virus, the question is, you know, Rudy Giuliani, he is in the hospital, but we're not hearing that it's not like he's on his deathbed. But the the, the fact is, um, Governor Cuomo calls Fauci himself the the Pacino and De Niro of COVID. What what exactly is he talking about? The Massachusetts is announcing expanded free testing. Three new express testing sites. Massachusetts is seeing a rapid rise in cases following Thanksgiving. Well, folks, this week is when we're going to start to see some of the Thanksgiving uh, effects for anyone that they believe traveled. You're going to start to see some of the effects uh, right now. Let me tap in. Actually, Governor Baker, Governor of Massachusetts, Charlie Baker speaking right now. I want to hear some of this. What we really need in Massachusetts is for all people to do the right thing all of the time. And he then said it's particularly important to the folks in our healthcare community who carry the brunt and the burden of taking care of so many people when they get sick. They are the ones who day in and day out we all rely on to make up for the fact that every single day there are people for whom this virus is hospitalizable and potentially deadly. And for them, and he commented, and he said that when those folks see people out and about in gatherings and groups without wearing masks, it is profoundly depressing for them. Because they know that if people all the time, all the people played by the rules and did the things that have been advised, it would be the best and most important way we can all win this fight. We're obviously waiting approval at this point in time from the feds with respect to vaccines. Once this happens, Massachusetts will be prepared to start distributing available first doses. And the feds have informed us that we should expect to receive 300,000 first doses by the end of December. Those doses will be prioritized to frontline healthcare workers first and then to long-term care facilities. We have a comprehensive plan to distribute the vaccine in a safe and effective manner, and we'll plan to share more details with you on this on Wednesday so that every resident will have access to more information on how this process will work. But even with vaccines coming to Massachusetts and other places around the country, we still have a long way to go, and I have to urge people once again to do their part. For weeks before the Thanksgiving holiday, we stood here and so many other folks in the public policy, government, public health and healthcare community stood at other places and said to people that it was critically important that they understand and recognize 
that Thanksgiving, an informal gathering among people we all know, is by far and away the most significant opportunity for spread. And we urge people to spend the holiday only with those with whom they lived so that they would not be involved in potential opportunities to spread the virus. And if you track our own data, after some of the new regulations we put in place in the early part of November went into effect, you could actually see our positive test rates stop growing, excuse me, day over day for about 10 days, and then about five to seven days, which is the typical incubation period after Thanksgiving, they took off like a rocket. Thanksgiving, the ultimate informal gathering among people who are informal with each other, but who don't necessarily live with each other, here and in many other places, has been exactly the kind of event that people said it would be. I urge everybody to take the lesson from that and to understand and to recognize that if you're going to be with people you don't live with, and if you're going to be in situations and environments where masks are not already required, you need to put on a mask and keep your distance. And if possible, just simply avoid those types of circumstances and situations altogether, because they are exactly what drives a big piece of this spread. That, I'll turn it over to Secretary Sutters. Now, again, folks, that is uh, Governor Charlie Baker right here. Right now, it's 118. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this Monday. So that is the latest. Now, I also, I'm going to touch on the voting situation. Um, I want to touch on the the, uh, voting situation in Rhode Island. Again, I did lay it out a little bit. Some very important um, elements that have been that that can't go unchallenged. Absolutely, it cannot go unchallenged. And 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 basically, Secretary of State Nelly Gorbia is she. She also had some interesting comments about kind of like, well, if if anyone caught what we did, they would have they would have known it by now, which is not exactly encouraging. So. If you log on at DePetro.com, and again, right now it's 119. Governor Amundo press briefing is coming up on Thursday. We'll obviously carry it again live the way we've been doing it. But I did do a story, folks, and I want you to, if you if you get a moment, log on at DePetro.com. Because th- this this can't go unchallenged. Secretary of State Nelly Gorbia. And I lay out exactly you know, this was comment she made to the Boston Globe. Where she, listen to this comment by Secretary of State Nelly Gobia. We, um, you better believe me, if there were any credible cases of impropriety, it would have come out by now. How does she know that? How does she know the timeline of when, it, it, meaning, I'll translate that for you. If anyone caught what I did, they would have said something by now. How does she know that there was a timeline to finding out if fraud was committed? Secretary of State Nelly Gobia also, she wants to continue letting voters check on the status of the mail ballots once they've been submitted. That's not done for the voters. That's done for the campaigns. We're here to believe that a month ago, November 3rd, the 2020 turnout was over 521,000, surpassing the turnout in 2008 which was 475,000. So we're to believe that 50,000 new people came out to vote. Folks, in 2008, every college kid in the state at least filled out a provisional ballot for Barack Obama. You can go. If you're over 18, you can fill out and vote for president day of. That's it, though. We're supposed to believe that. We're suddenly now 521,000 people voted. I don't believe that. 
Now, again, if you read at the website, keep in mind, they sent out all those mail ballot applications. Now, going forward, Nellie Gorbia argues witness requirement is not needed. What does that mean? She means that she thinks going forward, you don't have to have a mail ballot notarized. Here's my question for you. Why do we have mail ballots? We have early voting. 20 days leading up to the election. She wants to keep that. If you have if you have early voting 20 days leading up to the election plus election day, why do you have to have mail ballots? There used to be the absentee ballot. You were going to be out of the country or you're going to be traveling or you're going to be in the hospital for a surgery. Why do we have to have all these mail ballots? And I'll tell you how it breaks out. Early voting. Basically. We're close to 150,000 votes for early voting. That's almost 29%, close to 30%. 33% of the votes were cast by mail. So what does that tell you? Between early voting and mail ballots, do the math. Early voting, 20 days out, and mail ballots accounted for over 60% of the vote total. Right around 63%. Folks, in-person voting, day of election, used to be 90% of the vote. Maybe even 95. And then you had some absentee and some mail ballots. In-person, day of voting now, is less than 40% of the vote. Less than 40% of the vote. She changed it from 90% to 40%. Where's the Republican? And no one is squawking about it. You know, as I said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. If this is allowed to become the new norm, early voting 20 days leading up to the election day, which, by the way, an X is efficient. She's got her voting list. She said, I don't feel the need to send out mail ballot applications again. You know why? Because she has a voting list. Of 521,000 names. And she's not going to alter that or play with it in any way. Something needs to be done about this. Or Rhode Island will never have another. Rhode Island will never have another Republican elected statewide. I'm not. And that's not an exaggeration. I'm dealing in fact. I'm dealing in facts. If if this becomes the norm of how how people can vote, it, it, it it's just there's 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 no Nelly Gobia, the Secretary of State, says, "Well, I'm satisfied with the checks and balances, folks. There are no checks and balances. There are no checks and balances." It's we have to just take her word for it. And why should, what happened to trust but verify? Why would we take her word for it? Why would we, according to her, there are 815,000 registered voters and 737,000 active status. 815,000 registered voters. According to her in Rhode Island, 815 registered, 737 active. You know, how does that square with the census? The census tells a different story. The census tends to be pretty, tends to be very uh, accurate, excuse me. Why would the census be so far off? Rhode Island has more registered voters than would be expected on census numbers. Now, the Providence Journal reported the state has 592,000 voters based on the census. By the way, declining population. And then their and then their number they had was 781,000 uh, registered. That number's now going up. It already was. over what it should have been. Where where does this come in? How how does that happen? 
What, why, is, why is everyone silent? How come no one's saying anything? Who will speak out first? Um, Warwick Board not alarmed. Roll of registered voters exceed those that are actually registered to vote. Folks, it's it, it, it just it doesn't make any sense in any way that the numbers would come out that way. So, and especially when you look at um, in 2012, they were saying there was 725,000 votes. Why does it keep going up like this? How could it possibly be going up? You know, this statistic, I'm also going to, I'm going to do another posting on this. In 1970, Whatever you're doing right now at 126, listen to this. In 1970, there were 466,000 registered voters in Rhode Island. And 346,000 people voted in 1970. Now, in 1972, presidential year, 412,000 voted. Nixon, state was still, you know, Republican, Democrat. On the rise, so to speak. I see where you can make an argument in, argument in presidential years more people vote. For instance, in, 19, in 1996, 390,000 people voted. And then in 2000, with Al Gore and George Bush, 412,000 people voted. So we're to believe in 20 years the voter roll of people that actually voted went up over 100 does anyone really believe that? That number. And as I said, the the people registered to vote is so astronomically high. It just it doesn't warrant it. How did nothing the highest vote total elf ever was Obama 475 and 700,000 people registered to vote. But we're to believe right now and I know I recognize a little bit of this is inside. And I will do an update on um, my website, petro.com. But, but we're to believe that right now there are 815,000 registered voters. 815,000 in the year 2020. And in 1980... There were 547,000. In, (laughs) I mean, in 2010, there were 706,000 registered voters. Now, now we have over 800,000, 815,000 registered. Absolutely impossible. No way. No way. I don't believe the numbers, and I will be, as I said, following up with the Republican Party. The numbers are impossible. Now over 800,000 people are registered to vote. I don't believe that. Nope. And you shouldn't believe it either. You're entitled. You know, on this December 7th anniversary of Pearl Harbor, it's one thing you put up with the bad roads. It's another thing you put up with the high taxes. It's another thing you put up with lack of... Ability to move up and get a job. But at the very least, we should have fair elections. At the very least, you're entitled to it. I'm entitled to it. We are entitled to fair elections. And I don't use the word entitlement that often. But as a taxpayer, as a citizen, as an American, we are entitled to fair elections. And we're not getting them. And no one is questioning her numbers on this. And I mean nobody. Right now at 1.30 on this Monday. Folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John Petro Show. Remember, AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. Well, good afternoon, everyone listening online at the website, thepetro.com, which you can do. Just click listen live. This portion of the program brought by Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. 521-0200, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil. Now, earlier today, Black Lives Matter 
had a protest outside of the ACI. They are calling for all the inmates in maximum security who are very dangerous individuals, calling for them to be released. Uh, I'll have that video up on the website a little bit later. But I wanted to um, also play, and I mentioned this, that this Aaron Ruggenberg is now going to be, um, he put out a campaign video. Folks, this guy, if he becomes lieutenant governor, then you start to get to the death knell. And I, I want to remind people that he's on the inside. Okay? You you can't have, this guy is, he's basically a communist, but they're, they're a socialist. You, you, you can't allow this guy to get elected. Here's his video. Means to fight for a better future. Again and again, we've led the way for religious freedom, workers' rights, a cleaner world. But today, so many of us are hurting. We lost loved ones, lost income, our kids are struggling, health care and housing costs are going up, and countless Rhode Islanders who've always been essential are underpaid and unprotected. You can't beat a deadly pandemic, economic collapse, and climate emergency without bold action. Now, I want to just stop the tape just for a moment. Folks, again, I want to play you. This guy, he ran last time. He, he tried to beat uh, Lieutenant Governor Dave McKee in the primary. His name is Aaron Regenberg. I want you to just remember, he's running as a Democrat. He's a, he's a Bernie progressive. He's really a socialist. As you're hearing the claims he's making, I want you to remember that Governor Amundo has been governor since 2014. Governor Amundo's in the middle of her second term in office. Chafee, who was a Democrat, was the governor before that. Listen to everything he's talking about. And just remember... His party has been in charge. His party's been in charge. All right, it continues. Grandma worked for Planned Parenthood years before Roe v. Wade. She taught me, don't wait to be given justice. Stand up and fight for it. Can you imagine bragging that your grandmother worked at Planned Parenthood? Boy, there's a grandmother to be proud of. Grandmother worked at Planned Parenthood. It continues. Again, this campaign video, basically Aaron Regenberg, once again, going to go for lieutenant governor. And I want to be very clear, folks. He must be stopped at all costs. But he knows how to manipulate the vote. After years organizing young people for education justice, I was elected to the General Assembly, where I fought tooth and nail for what our families deserve. I led the fight for paid sick days, and we won. Launched a campaign to raise minimum wage, and we won. Took on National Grid to expand clean energy and protect consumers, and we won. But I also saw how loud regular people have to shout just to be heard. So two years ago, I ran for lieutenant governor to turn that underutilized office into a public advocate, a tool to help our communities hold state government accountable. My first time running, we won 49% of the vote against a well-funded incumbent, showing that Rhode Islanders are ready to stand up for bold change. We need that change today more than ever to get through this crisis and build something better on the other side, a state that puts people first. We can raise wages for essential workers. We can create thousands of good-paying jobs fighting climate change here in Rhode Island. We can prioritize health care and education and housing over corporate giveaways and tax cuts for the rich. And we can rewrite the statehouse rules to make sure all of us have a fair shot. That's why I'm exploring another run for lieutenant governor, because I know together we can put that office to work helping our communities win real change. These are dark times we're all in, but a better future is possible. We just need to stand up and fight for it. Now, everything is fighting. Do you notice that? They're always fighting. They never it's, it's always fighting tooth and nail. Everything's a fight with this crowd. Everything is a fight with this guy. Folks, he is a socialist. The things he's talking about, it's not for a better Rhode Island. Remember, he this was he got arrested at the Wyatt Detention Center. They want to empty the prisons. They want to defund the police. He is an, when he talks about organizing young people, he does. He organizes the young people that he this is he is a socialist. 
That's what you're hearing. And listen to the way it's couched. Makes it seem like very matter of fact, very, um, you know, common sense. Yeah, it seems like a young Kennedy. He's not. This is a young Bernie Sanders. I want to hear this again. know what it means to fight for a better future. Again and again, we've led the way for religious freedom, workers' rights, a cleaner world. But today, so many... What, what does that mean? We've, we've led the way? How are we? Maybe there are parts of it that we haven't had to. The, the, the whole thing with George Floyd, folks, that, again, that didn't happen here. We don't have all these accusations. We don't... They want it to happen here. He wants this to be Portland, Oregon. So many of us are hurting. Yeah, we're in a blanking pandemic for crying out loud. With a Democrat governor, this, this, his views, this is abortion to birth. This is defund the police. This is empty the, this is close the prisons. This is drive out every business in this guy's mind running for lieutenant governor. Hear me out. In his mind at 137 on this Monday, if you support Trump, you're a racist. If you disagree with him, you're a racist. Non-negotiable demands. Oh, really? Are you a Trump supporter? You're a white supremacist. That everything is labeling with this crowd. And it's all terrorist-type tactics. I want to hear it again. Us are hurting. We lost loved ones, lost income. Our kids are struggling. Healthcare and housing costs are going up. And countless. Hold on. Stop. Our kids are hurting. You know, he goes along with distance learning. When every program is shown, children need to be in the classroom. And the reason he's against that is because the teachers unions are against it because they want more money. And you know what else? Keep in mind, President Trump wanted kids in the classroom. He fights against that. Power to the unions. Everybody should be in a union. You know, tax the rich, take property away from people. We're on the right side of things. In his mind, you steal elections because the ends justify the means. How, how could you not steal from an election if you feel, as he does, that Trump is a Nazi, that Trump is a white supremacist racist, so therefore anything they do is justified because in his mind, you're dealing with evil. Empty the Wyatt Detention Center. Close it, he says. Close the ACI. Defund the police. Raise property tax. He wants taxes at 60% in Rhode Island. And by the way, never worked a day in his life. Went to Brown University, and he has, he's a trust fund person. When he wanted to go to Harvard Law School, he had a Lorza hire him to a part-time job in the mayor's office, paying him 75000 a year. And once again, he wants to run for lieutenant governor. ...who've always been essential are underpaid and unprotected. You can't be... See, it's all about money. Now, that line is very important. Who he wants to classify as essential workers... If you have essential workers, he wants to argue you can't lay off. You have to pay them more. Who cares where you get the money from? Raise taxes. Keep in mind, everything he's saying, I want you to remember that if we're up to this guy, Aaron Regenberg, running for lieutenant governor for Rhode Island, taxes in Rhode Island would be over 60%. And there's no discussion it's non-negotiable demands. It continues. ...pandemic, economic collapse, and climate emergency without bold action. My grandma worked for Planned Parenthood years before Roe v. Wade. She taught me, don't wait to be given justice. Stand up and fight for it. After years organizing young people for education justice... I was elected to the General Assembly. Keep in mind, this business of organizing young people, organizing young people, he's really the one behind them, folks. This is the guy behind the curtain. This is the defund the police protesters person. This is the person that was sending the protesters to the Governor Raimondo's house, by the way. He will send the protesters to his whoever runs against him as well. It's all terrorism-type tactics. You know, you, it, it's, it's 
listen to the way he talks. Everything is the fight. Everything's within bounds because they feel they're right. Right? He did get arrested at the Wyatt. He organized it. The Wyatt Detention Center. Close it. That's his, his mind for it. That's his word for it. He's never worked. He's going to, I think he's going to Harvard Law School right now. I didn't say he's not intelligent. Trust fund. Went to Brown. He's from Connecticut. Just everything you listen to, just keep in mind, he thinks taxes should be 60%. You know, he is the, he's a Bernie Sanders believer. All right, it continues. This is his video. He's touting out that he's planning on running for lieutenant governor again. Where I fought tooth and nail for what our families deserve. I led the fight for paid sick days, and we won. Launched a campaign to raise minimum wage, and we won. Took on National Grid to expand clean energy and protect consumers, and we won. But I also saw how loud regular people have to shout just to be heard. So See, everything is shouting with this crowd, too. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. I wonder what Miss Martell would think of him. She was our French teacher at Bishop Hendrickon, Miss Martell. Someone would make a noise and she'd look back and say, uh, cook. Homework two times tonight. You can do your homework twice. <laughs> As if that mattered. Couldn't you just go and make a copy of it in the library? Someone else would make a noise. Uh, Mr. Angel. You could do homework twice tonight. Anyone want to join them? <laughs> Everything is the fight. Everything is no peace. You know, he's the leader of the progressives, by the way. I'm not sure the battle's really between him and Matt Brown. Regenberg gets more done, though. I'll give him that. He's more, he's a direct action type. He's the direct action. He is fight fire, name call. He, this guy's all about this stuff, Right? Everything's within bounds. If you, you know, he, and again, he, he doesn't mind sending young people to be in the, what do they do? They had a 15-year-old on the highway. Not that the media told you about it in that U-Haul. They had a 15-year-old arrested outside of the, uh, you know, the Gary Courthouse complex. He'll send a 17-year-old out. And then if anyone does anything, right, they'll have a 17-year-old go up, blank the police, Throw rocks, block a doorway. And if the police do anything, hey, she's 17. He's fit. They purposely manipulate these kids. All right, it continues. Years ago, I ran for lieutenant governor to turn that underutilized office into a public advocate, a tool to help our communities hold state government accountable. You know, this whole business, listen to the terminology, right? Public advocate, hold government accountable. You think this guy's going to hold government accountable? He wants to defund the police. He wants to ban guns in Rhode Island. He wants to put taxes close to 70%. And he wants to do it through the office of lieutenant governor. This guy, Aaron Ruggenberg, must be stopped at every turn. Whoever's running against him, we're for. Now, keep in mind the problems I already laid out with the vote. He plans to manipulate the vote. My first time running, we won 49% of the vote against a well-funded incumbent, showing that Rhode Islanders are ready to stand up for bold change. You know, in these, that change- this video that he's showing, he's showing like Teamsters and union members and it's, it's all people of color. It's all in, pro- he, he may have the Providence voting list though. If you have the Providence voting list, they're feeling though, is that? But he he's going to be more aggressive than he was, you know. This time around, he didn't do it with McKee. This time around, I could see where they send a group. No matter where his opponent is, they'll show up and protest, call names, racists, white suppress. That's all they ever do. It's all name calling. Everything's labeling with this crowd. Hey, more than ever, to get through this crisis and build something better on the other side. A state that puts people first. What, what does that mean? A state that puts people first. What is what, the governor not doing that? Who's being put first? They've chased away a lot of the big business and, and corporations, right? Put people first. You know, what, what, that, that's nothing. You know, President Obama, actually, to his credit, actually, that's, this is who he was talking about. 
right? With just the, the, the snappy slogans, as he said. See, what I'm going to do, can you imagine going into a job interview? See, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put people first as opposed to what? What does that even mean? None of this means anything. I'm going to be an advocate and hold government accountable. I'm going to put people first. I'm going to fight for people. Everything is all slogans. There's nothing concrete here. And I want to repeat, he's never worked a day in his life. Trust fund. Nice position to be in. He's married. Nice picture of him and the wife with the dog on the front porch. You know, they believe this should just be diversity everywhere. As, as l- lieutenant governor, he would argue for low-income housing everywhere. everywhere. Oh, do you live in Lincoln? Yeah, we're going to take this land that's empty and we're going to turn that into low-income housing. You're going to take a neighborhood in Lincoln where maybe the, you know, the starting house to get in is whatever, 350000 400000 and we're going to put in these houses under 50000 because that's he's going to fight for it. He's going to put people first. This is equity. This is we're going to raise wages for essential workers. This guy is completely anti-business, and he wants to be lieutenant governor. Can raise wages for essential workers. We can create thousands of good-paying jobs fighting climate change here in Rhode Island. We can prioritize. Can you imagine everything is. Good-paying jobs for climate, fighting climate change. Everything's mandatory. No business can thrive under someone like him. Let me explain. Any successful business would run from a guy like this. There's no idea of a successful business. Keep in mind, by the way, and right now at 147, it's John DePietro. This Aaron Ruggenberg I'm talking about, I want to re- just remind people. The, a story that doesn't get highlighted enough is how the unions try to unionize all the big tech, Silicon Valley, all out on the West Coast, and they fail. But they try to go in there, right? They'd love to, they're trying to have a, a union inside Facebook. But the Facebook workers say, we don't need you. We like our job conditions. We like what we're paid. We like our healthcare benefits. And the same thing for Google. And the same thing for YouTube. And the same thing for Amazon. And the same thing for all of those, especially Silicon Valley big tech companies. They they run from someone. They don't want someone like this. All right, it continues. Healthcare and education and housing. Now, prioritize healthcare. He wants government-run healthcare. What does that mean, government-run healthcare? Well, go to the registry. How do you like the service? Now picture that inside the hospital. That's what he wants. Defund the police. Housing. He feels, you know, people shouldn't have to pay for housing. This guy is the the champion for wanting reparations. You're a person of color. Everything's free from here on in. It's the least we can do because of slavery. I saw a good expression yesterday of someone was saying that someone like an Aaron Ruggenberg, he, people that are alive, he doesn't want to hold them accountable. Punish people for the actions for those that are dead, but don't hold anyone accountable for anyone who's alive. How about this? Corporate giveaways, tax cuts for the rich. Anyone that is making money, he wants to chase them out of the state. Oh, do you make, you know, name a figure, 400000 in Rhode Island? Boom, your taxes are 80000 Excuse me, 80%. 80%. You don't like it? Too bad. I mean, this is, well, there are examples of him, like that, the mayor of Portland, Oregon. You know, the first thing they do is want to defund the police, and then they want to name a police chief who's a person of color. But he is the leader of of the defund the police. This guy is. And notice there's no mention of this. It's all about equity. It's all about holding government accountable, right? Corporate giveaways and tax cuts for the rich. And we can rewrite the statehouse rules to make sure all of us have a fair shot. Think of that line. Rewrite the statehouse rules. What the hell does that mean? Let's rewrite the rules. Aaron Ruggenberg, who you're listening to, folks. And again, this is his video put out. 
meaning he's sending him, you know, the message. He's going to run for lieutenant governor again in, think of this, 2022. We're still in 2020. You have all next year to go through. And this guy's already, see, he's claiming it first. I plan to run for lieutenant governor. And we'll take out anyone that plans to go against us. Let's rewrite the rules. Folks, B. Larry, he's talking about the Constitution. He's talking about the state Constitution. You imagine giving this person power. Whew. All right, it continues. We're near the end of this fantasy video. That's why I'm exploring another run for lieutenant governor. Because I know together we can put that office to work helping our communities win real change. What does that mean? Help communities win real change. What kind of change? You're going to make province worse? Could it be any worse under Alorza? This guy's more progressive than Alorza. Aaron Ruggenberg is the type. Day one, we don't need a police force. Something's going wrong, social, call a social worker. He marches with the sign, we protect ourselves. You don't need police and you don't need prisons. Nope. You, you need to learn to get along with people of color who are criminals. And if you can't, it's your fault. Those, all those people at the ACI or Wyatt, guess who's to blame? Not them. You are. Society. You know, as Black Lives Matter was saying today at the protest at the ACI, we're outside maximum security. Those are murderers. Those are dangerous rapists. But violent criminals. And the reason they're locked up They just wanted to get a loaf of bread to feed their family. Folks, if they stole a loaf of bread, they they wouldn't be in maximum security at the ACI. First of all, today with all the food pantries and soup kitchens, you don't even have to steal a loaf of bread. You go by any food pantry, they have loaves of bread, yet they still use that. No, this is for people that kill people. That's who's there. This fantasy land that he talks about. These are dark times we're all in, but a better future is possible. We just need- hold on. I think I'm in this video. Let me see that they show. Then he even has him getting arrested at the prison. Where am I? I think I'm. Oh, they edited me out. I was right there to the left when he did the Supreme Court. Um, he did the protest about the supreme court he um um, i knew exactly where i was standing and they must have edited me out of the video but he even has the video of him being arrested at the prison so he shows himself being led away in handcuffs so proud of himself these are dark times we're in yeah it's a blanking pandemic you idiot we're all in but a better future is possible we just need to stand up and fight for everything's fighting How do you think our community can put the lieutenant governor's office to work for the people? Share your ideas. Oh, of course, share your ideas. Everything's over the table. Folks, again, maybe that seemed a little, I I have to call him out. The media won't call him out the way he should be called out. And he needs to be. He is a dangerous individual. He is. Because, you know, they, they never come out and fully tell you what they stand for. Never. You know, and I bet he learned. But we're going to hold him accountable about things like defunding the police and about taxes. Everything is essential workers. Everything is about, you know, we're going to, hey, Ramundo is a Democrat, has been the, the governor for crying out loud. What, 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 you know, what has she been doing? I'll tell you, this this is a battle. But he will also gain. Why is he doing this early? Because he sees the way the voting is going. The Republican Party needs to challenge the way voting is conducted or they're all in. They're all in and they're all in big time. Who wouldn't be? You know, to them, non-notarized mail ballots, that's, you know. I mean, that's like the inmates are running the asylum. That is uh, leave the door unlocked at the liquor store. You know, I mean, that is ludicrous for crying out loud. 
You can't do that. But see, this is one of the dangers. They all start coming out of the woodwork. Like, oh, really? That's the way the voting's going to be done? Oh, I'm going for lieutenant governor. I'm going to use it as the advocate office. Folks, and again, he's not an old guy. He's in his 30s. I think he's in his mid-30s, maybe. Right around there. Probably maybe early 30s. I'll find out exactly how old he is. But this would just be, um, he has plenty of time. He would love to be in the Senate or love to be governor. Probably governor. And his idea of, of Rhode Island would be the most progressive state. Ban guns, right? Raise taxes over 60% and defund the police. For starters, for starters, that's how he would start it. Folks, good afternoon. It's 156. It's John DePue. I mean, that is frightening. Again, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i probably do a story on that on the uh, website a little bit later on petro.com. This portion of the program brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, listen, uh, we had some snow over the weekend. There were a lot of accidents. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. West Fountain Auto Body, the original, the best, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. It's Kenny, it's Patricia, it's West Fountain Auto Body. Call them. 272-3340, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, call them first. They'll repair your vehicle, showroom-like condition. Call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340. Now, remember, if you want to get in touch with me, log on to the website, depetro.com. You just click on Contact John. Um, I'm reading some of the email. I met him at a party once, so I'm protesting at the Wyatt. <laughs> He can't win anything. He is, I mean, he is just, oh my God. Folks, he's the squad. He's a male member of the squad. Um, he is, um, he is, he is like a male member of the squad. And he's a big supporter of AOC. That's for sure. A big time supporter of the squad. And he believes in their form of politics. He's he's a Bernie Sanders believer. He's a huge Bernie Sanders believer and supporter. Where it's socialism. Bernie Sanders is a socialist. Aaron Regenberg is a socialist. He may not use that. He may not want to use that title. He'll do community advocate, fighter. They're always fighting. I'm fighting for this. I'm fighting. We're going to fight. Everyone should be an essential worker, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's, it's preposterous is what it is. But he, he has to be stopped. He, now, again, we have a long way to go here. I mean, think of this. This is the election's not next year. It's the year after. So, now, folks, here's what we're going to do. Right now, it's 159 on this Monday. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro. To do some Christmas shopping, stop by and see Marie. At It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. She has some great gift ideas right across from Daraport Restaurant. Uh, coming up is the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. Again, if you want to reach me, go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Stay tuned. Again, 2 o'clock news. The COVID numbers in Rhode Island, we are leading the nation. Rhode Island right now is number one as far as the COVID outbreak in Rhode Island. So number one. So it can only get better, folks. But this is also the week that things are going to get worse because of uh, Thanksgiving. So we're back tomorrow at 11. Remember, visit the website of the video up of the Black Lives Matter protest at the ACI. WNRI Woonsocket. W236CW. W260DC. WNRI.